0: Hey there! Thanks for joining me this week. My name is Tim, and just like you, I'm on a journey to discover more about God's love, His creation, and my identity. I don't have all the answers, but I've got a lot of questions, and I've got a feeling that you do too. So, let's explore together. Welcome to The Sanctum. Welcome to another episode of Sanctum Podcast. You could be listening to anyone else, Esau McCulley, Tyler Burns, or that new Tyler Donovan LP, The Lamb, available everywhere on Wednesday, but you are listening to me and I appreciate you. On this episode of Sanctum Podcast, I want to ask the question, was Jesus rich? Does it matter? And how does it affect our spiritual walk? This should be a good one. Uh, so, I'm, I going to do this episode and present you with arguments supporting that Jesus was rich, and arguments suggesting that he was poor. And then, of course, I'm going to give you my opinion and the spiritual implications. This should be fun. So here we go. So let's start off with why some people say that Jesus was wealthy. The first argument is that Jesus received physical wealth at a young age. In Matthew 2, we see wise men who come from the east. They're following a star and they know that is going to lead them to the king of kings. In verse 11, the Bible says that when the wise men saw him, that they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, a couple things about these verses. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh are very valuable. They're worth a lot of money back then. So if the Holy Family was poor, these gifts would have changed their life. The wise men were probably wealthy themselves. And if you're going to visit, not just a king, but if you're going to visit the king of kings, and if you are truly wise, you are going to offer him your best, and you're not gonna offer him a small sum. You're gonna give lavishly. Therefore, Jesus would have become financially wealthy from a young age. The second argument supporting the financial wealth of Christ is found in the fact that he had benefactors, meaning people, specifically women, who gave to support his ministry. Luke chapter eight, verses one through three says that there were certain uh, women who ministered to him out of their substance. So these women gave their money, their skills to support Christ and his ministry. So Jesus definitely had money coming in, which leads me to my next point because he had money coming in. Judas, who we all know would later betray him was the 12's treasurer and he was a thief. Now, that story is found in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. So, logically, one can make the assumption that you only need a treasure if he had coming money coming in, right? It, it appears that the twelve had enough money coming in that they didn't even notice that, Jesus, uh, excuse me, that Judas was actually stealing from them. So, they had income. And finally, the fourth point is this, his garment. Jesus wore a seamless garment, and it was a type of robe that was fine-stitched and typically worn by those of the upper class. And to demonstrate the value of the robe, many people point to the fact that the Roman soldiers gambled over his tunic after he was arrested. So those are the strongest arguments supporting that Jesus was wealthy. Now here's what I found that points to Jesus being a man of poverty. The first argument is in Matthew 8 20 where Jesus says the son of man has nowhere to lay his head back in those days. And even today, a wealthy person owned real estate, they owned property. There were really three main ways that someone attained wealth. Either they owned land, they were a merchant, or they performed some type of Royal service, like being a steward. If a person was born into wealth or royalty, typically the family was involved in one of those three things, real estate, uh, mercantilism, or royal service. So here we see that Jesus did not seem to own any real estate, he didn't own any property, he had nowhere to lay his head. His mission took him all over the region, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In preparing for his last meal, we even see that his disciples had to go rent a room. More than likely, he would have learned carpentry from his father Joseph, but there's no indication that he continued to trade after starting his ministry but I don't think carpentry either way would have made him enough money to be considered wealthy in the first place. The second point, the second point in this argument is when the disciples are questioned whether or not they pay taxes. Now, this argument can actually play both sides because if you don't own anything, there's nothing to pay taxes on, right? But you also have to remember that the tax collectors were also thieves, so they didn't really care if you were poor or not. So in the story, Instead of going into the coffers, Jesus tells Peter to go and catch a fish and there a coin will be in the fish's mouth, which he will use to pay the taxes. That story is found in Matthew chapter 17 verses 24 through 27. So I believe the argument that can be made that Jesus had, if Jesus had the money at the time to pay the taxes, he simply would have done so, but he didn't, hence the miracle. The third argument is found in Luke chapter two, verses 24, Mary and Joseph bring sweet baby Jesus, because we all know that sweet baby Jesus is the best Jesus, no arguments there. They bring him to the temple, (laughs) they bring him to the temple, um, as was the custom, you know, to be dedicated there, they offered two turtle doves and two pigeons, the offering was significant because it was the offering of the poor. When a person could not afford lambs or bulls, they offered what they could, and this was the lowest offering of all. This tells us that Mary and Joseph were indeed poor at the time of Jesus' birth. Okay, my last point supporting Christ's poverty. Look at how Jesus addressed the rich. When the rich young ruler comes to him and asks, how shall I be saved, do you remember what Jesus' response was? He told the young man to go and sell everything he has, give it to the poor, and then come follow him. That's in Matthew chapter 19. Now, why did Jesus say this? Christ knows that our attachment to money is a hindrance to following him wholeheartedly. He actually says that you cannot both serve God and mammon, mammon being the spirit of money in that context. He says it, and he actually says this in the same chapter. He says that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It's not impossible, just more difficult because of the attachment to the physical. This is also why Jesus says in Luke 6, 24, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. When Jesus uses the word woe, This is a literal term of sorrow. He feels sorry for them because he knows their difficulty. Now, okay, so here are the arguments summarized on both sides. I just want to recap real quick. So the argument supporting Christ's wealth. Jesus received wealth at a young age through the wise men. Two, he had benefactors who supported his ministry. Three, he employed a treasure who stole from him. Four, he wore a seamless garment that soldiers gambled over. All right. Now here are the arguments supporting his poverty. One, had, he had nowhere to lay his head. Two, he didn't have money to pay the taxes, so he found it in a fish's mouth. Three, Mary and Joseph offered two turtle doves and a pigeon, indicating that they were poor. And number four, Jesus's multiple teachings about wealth, including the rich young ruler, the wealthy man in Lazarus, the beatitudes, etc. So. There are more arguments than just these four. I chose these four so I can have an equal amount on each side of him being poor and also him being wealthy. There are more arguments that one can make in the scriptures. I personally found these four um, that supported his poverty or his wealth to be the strongest and the others were more, uh, I would say, easily to explain away for either side, um, wealthy or, or rich. So that's why I chose these four. I felt that they were were the most solid. But of course, if you are a great debater, you probably have a different opinion. (laughs) I'm not here to debate. I'm just here to give my humble opinion. With that being said, here's my opinion on what I personally believe. I don't think it's easy to say that Jesus was wealthy or poor. Like most things in life, there is context that we could be missing. I believe that Jesus absolutely had money coming in from the people hi how are you and this is my daughter eliza who just woke up i'm about to finish this podcast episode let me sit here for a minute yeah okay i'm almost done okay what was i talking about so i was about to give my opinion okay context yeah, everything in life has context, and a lot of things are a lot more complicated when, than what we give things credit for. So I believe that Jesus absolutely had money coming in from the people, like the many women who followed him. However, I don't believe that Jesus hoarded his money. I believe that he used the money. <laughs> All right, hold on here. I'm almost done. Um, what was I saying? Okay. He he used his money that, that was coming in to support himself and the disciples. Whatever was above and beyond, he used to support the poor, and and here's why I think that. So, let's look at the apostles, I and mean, what the apostles taught. Now, first of all, it's logical to say that the apostles who followed Jesus, they followed Jesus the closest, because they're the ones who knew him, they're the ones who served him, they learned from him, and they tried to model what they saw, heard, and learned. So, apostles, if anyone's going to get this thing right, the apostles should be the ones to get this right. So in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, the Bible says that no one lacked. And it was because those who had possessions sold them and brought the proceeds to the apostles, and the goods were redistributed uh, for the common good of the community. If you believe that the apostles carried Christ's teachings and lived by his example, then this is probably what Christ modeled as well. People sold what they had, gave it to him. And then they redistributed re- it um, to those in need. Yeah. Also, let's look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. This verse is really interesting because I, as I was re- researching for this episode, this verse was used to support Christ's wealth and his poverty. So to really understand this verse, you'll have to go back and read the entire chapter. But here's what the verse says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Paul is drawing a parallel between the physical and the spiritual poverty. Christ was God in the flesh and poured out himself for our sakes, so that we may become rich spiritually. Now skip down to verse 13-15, through For I do not mean that others should be eased in you burden, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathers much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. This mindset is the same thing we see in the book of Acts. The rich supported the poor, and even the poor supported those who were in greater need. No one hoarded their treasures. My last reason is really simple. Jesus knew he was here to die for the sins of the world. Therefore he didn't need to have a savings plan. He's going to be here for about 33 years or so. And that's it. He had no property, no physical kids, nothing to, to which he had to build wealth. He, he didn't have to. And plus he was God in the flesh. He owned everything already. The quality that Paul taught and what the apostles actually did is what I believe Jesus modeled. Jesus was neither rich nor poor. But what he had, he liberally shared. And that's the model we should follow. You wanna say bye Eliza? No? Okay. Thanks so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the message and were encouraged to believe a little more. Feel free to check out my website, sanctumpodcast.com, for show notes, resources, and reviews. I also love hearing from listeners, so if you have a question or an idea for a show, don't forget to say hey. I'll see you in two weeks for another episode of Sanctum Podcast. Until then, be blessed.